welcome to Let's Just Talk About It. In this episode, we hear from a grief expert and hypnotherapist, Deepti Tate. She offers us tools and techniques that you can use to heal yourself using hypnosis in the privacy of your own home. Well, hello, Dipti. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me on, Serafina. It's very exciting. Well, strange word to use, but it's exciting to speak to you. Yes, same here for me. I have followed your work for a long time, and I have to say, I think it's so useful. So thank you for what you do. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for recommending me as well. It's a pleasure. Today, obviously, you're joining us to talk to us about something quite important, you know, dealing with baby loss. It is one of the hardest things to go through as a woman, as a couple, as a human being. And in the aftermath, I think there's so many difficult feelings to deal with. There's the loss itself. There's feeling like a failure. There's fear about the future. And I thought that today we could talk a bit about some techniques, you know, from your work that could help people cope with such feelings. But to begin with, could we just talk about you, what you do, and if you'd like to keep the focus on hypnosis, that's fine, but I'll let you describe yourself to us first. Okay, so yes, I am a solution-focused hypnotherapist, and also I call myself a grief strategist. So the two models are very actually very different. They're very polarized. But solution-focused therapy does really what it says on the tin. We look for the solution. So a client will come to us with a problem, but we're trained to help them find their solution. And of course, grief is very different because grief is something that we've got to manage and be in to get out of, if that makes sense. So grief is something that is very uncomfortable usually. What I'm trained to do is help people be kind of comfortable within the discomfort of grief. Mm. So the only way through grief is to grieve and the only way to grieve is through grief. So of course, tragedies such as miscarriage, losing an unborn child, very much is, is going to strike that grief problem really. But yeah. with the solution-focused hypnotherapy, if you were just using that, that wouldn't necessarily be adequate enough, I don't think. So that's why I've basically kind of lumped the two models together to find a kind of sensible way forward, really. Am I right that you've also written a book about grief? Yes, I have it right here, in fact. So I have written um, this book, Good Grief, and it's a companion to change and loss. So it really does what it says on the tin, really. I didn't think about you know, when I was at school, I didn't think, you know what, when I grow up, I want to be an author about grief. <laughs> That's not how it happened. So I basically, as you know, we've just been talking about this as well. We go through our own experiences in life and we can either take those experiences and wallow in them, or we can take those experiences and perhaps transform them into maybe not just helping ourselves, but also helping other people. So pretty much like this podcast is helping other people with their issue of miscarriage. My book was from my own feelings of grief because I lost both my parents from cancer 
And so my grief was very, very much my personal experience because I am an only child as well. So I really didn't have anybody to share anything with apart from kind of my notebooks, really. So I started to do a lot of writing and soul searching and kind of a lot of exploring of how I was feeling and my emotional radar and actually ended up with seven diaries. In each diary was a particular emotion that I was feeling. So it could have been sadness or loneliness or guilt. And then eventually I had these, it felt like encyclopedias of emotional crisis. And I thought, what can I do with all this information? Or what can I do with all of this stuff? So I went to a book writing coach and she helped me basically turn it into this, which is, you know, it's quite skinny. Most of the time, what we did was cut stuff out (laughs) and consolidate it into something that was helpful for other people to go, you know, read and and process their grief themselves. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. Could you talk to us a bit about hypnotherapy and hypnosis? Yes. Hypnotherapy is an interesting one. It's um, especially with solution-focused hypnotherapy. Most of the time I spend uh, the first session when I meet somebody new, a client, explaining what hypnotherapy isn't rather than what it is because quite often they've had, I suppose, their own perception of it with TV and stage and street performance and that kind of thing. So hypnotherapy uses the practice of hypnosis in a therapeutic form. Once we understand what exactly hypnosis is, it makes things easier. So hypnos is basically a word that comes from Greek, and in Greek, hypnos means sleep. So essentially, hypnosis is a form of our sleep cycle. So when we put people into a trance, and again, trance is another loaded word. People think of trance as some kind of weird, I don't know, zombie-like state, when actually it isn't. It's just the state in between half asleep and half awake which I call the Sunday morning lion, if you can remember the Sunday morning lion, you know, where you don't have to do anything, no one wants anything, and you're just kind of snoozing. That's basically the trance state. So we get our clients into that trance state, because when your brain is in that state, it's very, very, very relaxed, but also it's a very, very powerful state. So with the coaching just before you put somebody on the couch, your brain is coming up with solutions and coming up with ideas and coming up with creativity to basically find solutions to your problems. Mm -hmm. So that's why we put people in that state. So if I'm a woman dealing with miscarriage and the loss of miscarriage, I'm probably feeling, I know from personal experience, I am feeling very fragile and shocked about uh, what has happened from what you're saying to me, hypnosis could help me, but it would have to come after I've sort of made peace with my miscarriage. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Now, solution-focused hypnotherapy really very much looks forward. It doesn't look backwards, like maybe some types of counseling or aggression or therapy look backwards. However, with my particular model that I've devised for myself because I had to do it for myself. I'm able to hold the two spaces together. So I really, really help people understand their grief. First of all, it's an understanding. You know, with anything, once you understand something, it might not be you like the thing or you agree with the thing, but at least the understanding provides some kind of platform where it doesn't feel so wobbly anymore. And you're able to kind of, I suppose, 
hold that situation in a kind of way that doesn't feel so threatening anymore. So once you understand something, then you're more prepared for it, I guess. So your brain kind of develops its own strategies to cope, as well as gives you some kind of resilience, helps you protect the triggers as well, because there could be lots of triggers that trigger off emotional overwhelm, because grief is essentially a massive load of emotional overwhelm. Come in so many different guises, can't it? It can come in through feelings of numbness and shock, of depression. It can come in high anxiety or panic. It can come in deep sadness and sorrow. Mm. And it can come completely out of the blue where you're not really prepared for it. And it won't usually come in when you think it might, like on, uh, I don't know, an anniversary day. You know, you think, okay, I'm preparing <laughs> for this. And, and you feel fine. But you could be walking down a, the street and you could go past a poster and see a word on that poster and it could trigger loads of things off, you know, and you, then you think you're going mad. So it's just about understanding it first of all. Yeah, no, I think you touched upon something very interesting. And even from personal experience, I, I found on my way back, I was at Victoria Station and there was this whole kerfuffle with my ticket. And I went to the counter to speak to the gentleman and for some reason he was not being very friendly or whatever. And it wasn't anything out of the ordinary in a big city. I've lived in New York and London, so you know. Yeah. It is unfortunately how we treat each other. But I literally burst out into tears. Mm. I mean, I couldn't even explain to the guy <laughs> that all I was saying was that my ticket was not meant to be what it is and that, you know, this you've just charged me and it didn't even matter. The money did not matter. The ticket did not matter. But I, I could not speak. I was crying. I had to move to the side. And I was literally, I mean, I didn't collapse. I didn't fall on the floor, but I was sobbing. Yeah, I just thought that, you know, I mean, the thing with miscarriage is that it's done when it's done. Your baby's not coming back. And that's just, you know, what makes it so hard. But it's also something that doesn't give you a choice to really ponder over it. It's happened. You kind of have to move on. But because it's such an intimate process to the body, mind, soul, and emotions, you don't know how you're connected to all of these. Yeah. I thought I had cured myself being a 21st century type A. I thought, oh, can I go off, do this walk, come back, get back to work. It's going to be great. And here I am at Victoria Station, bawling my eyes out. I'm glad you touched upon that. But what would you say to a woman in a state like that? Because I would think our listeners are probably going through some really difficult emotions that they don't understand at the moment, you know, in terms of dealing with it, healing from it. Obviously, there's first accepting it, as you said so. But after that, but just to be aware of grief in itself as a model or as a concept, it literally could sit in the system dormant. You know, that's what happens. And we have to deal with it at some point. And it could be that we deal with it immediately and that's that. Or we just park it because it's too much to deal with at that moment. And But to know that it's pending, you know, so we, we kind of literally have to start kind of be aware of it to schedule it in you know or we ignore it that's another option and 
I've done both options where I've ignored it and I've dealt with it. And obviously, I kind of prefer the dealing with it option because the ignoring it didn't work out so well because years and years later, when I completely was over it, what I thought was over it, it came back and literally bit me in the bum, you know, that's how it felt. And I thought I was going mad because they didn't, my brain didn't link the two events together at all. It was such far, so far apart in distance. My brain didn't say, oh, you know what? You might be grieving because your dad died in, you know, 1998 when in 2004 you're falling off, you, your brain's kind of doing something wacky. It didn't link that at all. So you then, think you are literally going mad so it's really really important to just understand that grief has to go somewhere you know we have to be able to understand it and also I say this all the time people tend to think of grief as when somebody dies or there is a death involved so like miscarriage I guess that's you know that is a death but actually grief doesn't have to only be when somebody dies. It could be when you've had some significant change happen in your life as well, or even any type of loss, even a loss of job. I know that sounds really mental, but it can trigger feelings of grief, loss of relationships, you know, and changing in environments even. Like you say, I don't know if it happened to you, but maybe if you were in New York and then you came to live in England and your brain hadn't really processed it. There could even be feelings of grief there. Like I was grieving London because I'm a Londoner and I now live in the Cotswolds. And for ages I thought I was going nuts, that I was actually grieving. It finds its way through and for different people, different triggers, obviously. So yeah, that's very interesting that grief lives with different people differently. So you've obviously mentioned that hypnosis coupled with grief strategy could be an effective form of therapy for a woman who's just had you know miscarriage could you talk to us a bit about the combination yeah so the combination of grief therapy and hypnotherapy is an interesting one uh, because first of all I really hold I help the client hold the space for grief we actually really in the grief so it's not about glossing over it pushing it away pretending it's it's not there it's almost like inviting it in to the session from a solution focused perspective if you think about grief as the emotional part of the brain the emotional overwhelm and then if you think about solution focused part of the brain as being the kind of intellectual part of the brain the part of the brain that is able to make a proper assessment of a situation based on facts and reality you know it's logical and it's it's that part of the brain that can ask the right questions you know so it's very analytical as well but it's completely the opposite to the emotional mind when you've got the two spaces really really held nicely then you've got the opportunity for your emotional mind to have its kind of platform but also for your intellectual mind to be able to assess that emotion in a rational way if that makes sense emotion has a container you know so it's not just like anger without having a container to hold that anger 
that it's kind of like a glass and water. You know, you need the glass for the water and you need the water and the glass together. So that's the idea, really. So we talked about uh, various emotions sort of coming up after miscarriage, I think. You have uh, talked to us about grief and the sadness that comes. Could we talk a bit about the guilt? Because this is a big one for women. And I definitely thought it was because of the one cigarette I'd smoked over Christmas or before Christmas, before I knew I was pregnant. Could you talk to us about guilt and, you know, how this could get really amplified when you have a miscarriage and what we could do to help ourselves with it? Yeah, guilt is a really interesting emotion. When I do my grief workshops with other hypnotherapists, we basically look at all the emotions and try to find a positive within the emotions. Whenever we get to guilt, nobody can ever think of a positive to say about guilt. So in, even in my book, I have I've dedicated a chapter to guilt and that chapter is one page long. Because I've almost tried to say, right, let's just gloss over guilt because guilt is so not useful. It's actually quite damaging. So let's work out how to manage any type of guilty thought. Guilt is always the bad cop. You know, it's the part of your brain that is kind of like the critical mind being very, very vocal. You didn't do this or you should have done that or you shouldn't have done this. You know, so it's, it's a very kind of beat yourself up feeling. So there is no positivity or no usefulness with that feeling at all. Some people could argue that perhaps it gives us a sense of where we might have gone wrong. So it keeps us back on track. And I say to them, well, surely we've got our own value system for that. You know, we know where we've gone wrong. We understand that as, as people, as human beings. So we don't really need the stick of guilt to beat ourselves up with. If that's the case, if we all agree that guilt isn't very useful, then we can come up with a really useful question to ask guilt itself. So imagine you were interviewing the guilty thought. So your guilty thought, the one that you just gave me as an example is, I had a cigarette at Christmas. That is why, you know, I had a miscarriage. Is that about the right thought that comes in? Okay, then... So you, you see that thought come in and then you say to yourself, actually, is this thought true? Yeah. I'm going to really ask happens? yourself that, yeah. What happens when you ask yourself that question? Well, it's never a 100% yes, is it? It's because I think when I was in the throes of grief, you know, I probably would have felt more guilty about it than I do today. And I think that's why a therapist is so important because you kind of lose your logical mind mm. when you're grieving. But no, that thought that I had a miscarriage because I had one cigarette, that thought, no, you're not true. No, usually a guilty thought is not true. Of course, it will try and give you the propaganda <laughs> and try and convince you of its validity. That's the point of guilt. But if we hold our intellectual mind as a spotlight on that thought, that thought will start to crumble. So it is about kind of recognizing the usefulness of guilt as a concept anyway. If people like to feel guilty because they like the feeling, that's different, isn't it? But I don't know. I've not met many people 
that say they enjoy feeling guilty. Yeah, and I think within the context of um, baby loss and miscarriage, I think it's the most useless emotion in terms of looking after yourself and coping with the situation. So for anyone listening who's feeling guilty, firstly, it would be important to point out it's normal. Every woman goes through it. It's also by that same account, not true. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you are no way responsible for that, uh, especially at the early stages. And if you're a woman, you know, from your mid thirties onwards, there's no reason for you to feel guilty because here in the UK, the research and the statistics suggest that it's one in four women that have miscarriages when they're pregnant after 35. It's very likely. And that's why, you know, I've put this podcast together so that people understand it's so common and it's going to bring up all these emotions. You've got to just be aware. That's it. It doesn't have to happen to you, but just be aware. Exactly. And I like the way you said it's normal. Guilt will be one of those emotions that comes in. So it's almost like, yes, we will expect guilt to come in when anything happens like this. It will come in. But then what do you do with it next? You know, that's the idea. People will even feel guilty for not feeling guilty, you know. So (laughs) (laughs) We are the best at torturing ourselves, I think, as human beings, unfortunately. I would like to touch upon the men because there's obviously a man in the equation. More often than not, there could be just a single woman. But for fathers who are suffering, could we talk a bit about hypnosis for them? Yeah, because actually they're probably the unsung hero in all of this because at the end of the day, of course, they're going through potentially the same things that the the mother will be going through. But they might feel like they're the ones that have to support the mother so then they don't feel like they can support themselves or they haven't got enough headspace to do that. So where do they put all of their stuff? You know, so in a way, it probably is... Well, it's definitely equally, if not more important, that they definitely get therapy or they talk to somebody about it because they are human beings as well. Where is it going to go? Yeah. I mean, I was talking about, this is off topic, but I was talking about empty nest syndrome with someone the other day where, you know, your children have left home to go to university. And they were saying they really thought that it affected the husband more than her, you know, the mother. Yeah. Um, really talks about that and it's, it's interesting isn't it that you know men even to in this day and age which I think is just disgusting men are not encouraged to vocalize their emotions yeah and you know that's really wrong and and that's why mental health system has got to kind of you know Change. be yeah. more aware yeah no I think you're absolutely right I think fathers are totally pushed to the sidelines For anyone listening, we do have an interview with uh, a father who has experienced miscarriage and has spoken of his feelings through the process. But even from that interview, definitely men get sidelined, I think. And it's so important we allow them to feel comfortable to express their feelings. And it's, it's great to know that they could definitely turn to hypnosis because it's quite a private process. I understand. They could always reach a therapist online. We're going to get to that next, actually. My next question is, you know, people 
who have gone through miscarriage, I know from my experience, aren't very mobile and don't necessarily want to travel to see therapists. Would an in-person session be necessary or could they reach you online? Yeah, that's why I've developed my online hypnotherapy practice as well. I have a I have a in-person practice in the Cotswolds and I realise that you know, that is miles away from lots of people. So it's great if you live in the Cotswolds, but if you don't, I recognised that not just with you know grief, but there are lots of other mental health conditions where people don't want to leave the house as well. That's why I've developed an online presence. So we do sessions over Zoom, which is like Skype, which is this. They're very, very effective. So you don't have to leave your house. You know, it's, you get the benefits of, of me coming into your device. <laughs> so mm. so um, that, you know, that in itself is reassuring to know that you can schedule those sessions in and you, you don't have to be in the same vicinity as me. So wherever you are in the world, really, I do online sessions for people, so they work really successfully. Okay, that's good to know. Where could people reach you to book one of these sessions? So my online sessions are available on my online website, which is my name, so diptytate.com, so D-I-P-T-I-T-A-I-T, diptytate.com. And then in person, it's the cotswoldpractice.com. Well, Dipti, I just want to really say thank you. Thank you for joining us. Obviously, baby loss is a huge issue for so many people. And hopefully, uh, you know, we have helped a few people reach some solutions with their loss. But it's great to know that we can reach you online and that you have a practice that's online for this very specific purpose and that you're a grief strategist, so you could definitely help people dealing with miscarriage. So thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for, you know, having this platform as well, because as we, we know, no one talks about this very often. Yes. So it's so important, you know, to raise this awareness and to get people talking. So well done you for doing what you do as well. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I hope we can help a lot of people. Yes, that's right. Okay, you, you take care. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Bye.